0: You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 50.
1: Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. Well, hello, everyone,
0: and welcome to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men, and I'm Guy Mullen. And, and I'm
2: Chris Field. Great to be with you again. And Chris, this is a special episode. Well, it is. A bit of a celebratory sort of episode for us today.
0: This is a bit of a cele- celebratory oh, yeah. episode, and I'm not much on the drums, but
2: Good why are speak. we celebrating today, Chris? Just, just stick to the microphone and leave the drums. Yeah, yeah, they're
0: my sons, not, <laughs> my, not mine. So, But why are we celebrating today? This
2: is our 50th. 50th, five zero, a 50th podcast, which is amazing. It is. It is good. I it, mean, we, we set out all that time ago to start making them. I don't think we necessarily thought about where it's going, and we don't know where it'll go from here. But to get to 50, if you're playing cricket and you get to 50, you get to stand there and wave your bat in the air and everybody applauds, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And look, like we, we didn't know, like you said, where this would quite go, but we just had a burden to be able to address the topics, address the issues that are, are affecting men these days.
2: And I think uh, it was your idea and your concept, and you asked me to help you with it, but I think both of us were kind of a bit wondering just how, how we would find guests, uh, how they would go, whether people would want to listen. Yep. And we just had to basically get started and let it let it find its own course. And I think you've got some stats there just on how far it's gone, just in 50 episodes.
0: Well, yeah, we're reaching 37 countries. Wow. So there are people from 37 countries have downloaded our episodes. Uh, 42% from the...
2: Maybe that's one person who just moves around a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe it's the traveler. So 42% from the USA, 34% from Australia, and the majority of the rest from New Zealand, India, UK, Canada,
2: um, South Africa, Africa Mm. and Europe. Mm, so it's quite a wide sweep, and I trust they can understand our accent. I mean, I speak perfectly, but you've got that... What's that Kiwi twist in, your, in the way you talk? <laughs> <laughs> We've had what a else? few Kiwi jokes on the latest Sorry, episodes. Sorry, yes, we maybe just, we should apologise. We have to start bringing
0: back afraid. some of those age ones. <laughs> but, um, and uh, and as we go through, we're, we're going to address our most popular episodes. Now, how so, can you
2: tell that they're the most popular?
0: Okay, so it just tells us number of downloads. So it tells us they, they get ranked on the... On the
2: site that we use to host the the website, it tells us. So that would mean that if it's being downloaded, people either like the title, or someone's listened to it and recommended it to somebody else.
0: Yeah, and it, and you'd expect that the the more recent ones are going to be more popular because because as you build up your podcasting, you get more people starting yep. to listen. So okay. so that's that's been borne out in the fact that some of the most recent episodes have been the most popular. The uh, number five on the list was 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 episode number forty six, overcoming fear. Mm. So you know, fear is the is the nasty four letter word beginning with F mm. that um, that we all have at some point and to differing degrees.
2: And obviously, people must have recognised. I need to listen to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then number forty five was how to beat porn. The deep dive. So we did two episodes on on pornography, and number. Number episode number forty-five was number four on the list of most popular.
2: Mm, once again, that's telling, isn't it?
0: It is telling, and it's it's a sort of a bittersweet thing. You know, it's it's good that um, the episodes that we did on that topic are the ones that people want to listen to. They recognise that they they want some help and and want to recover from from being being trapped in pornography. But it's also very telling of society and uh, you know and the problems that we've got ourselves mm. into.
2: Well, let's hope a lot more people can get the benefit of that program as they need it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so number three on the list was
2: an Aussie barbecue with Jim Bob Duggar. Jim Bob. What a joy it was to interview him. That was terrific.
0: And he was so gracious. You know, mm. he, said, he said that his time in Australia was one of the most memorable events of his life.
2: Mm. What, sweet guy.
0: A very sweet guy. And he was dead tired. He'd been doing conferences and he was about to catch a plane. Uh, And about three or four hours from when he did the podcast with us. He was dead tired. It was late at night, and he was so gracious to come and do that podcast with us. Yeah, so I'm
2: glad people like it. I'm glad they're enjoying it because it really, I thought it was a sweet interview and a lovely man.
0: And someone like that, you know, there's so much rubbish that's written about online. When you've got a public profile, you've got people who like you and you've got people that hate you. There doesn't seem to be a lot in between. But to meet someone like that in person... We just got to appreciate just how much his heart is for his wife and for his kids and for helping others.
2: And that's one of the privileges that we have in doing the program. We actually by phone or face to face have come across and met and, and and interviewed some really amazing people.
0: Yeah. And then the most the second most popular episode that we've we've done was Are You Planning to End Well? Are mm-hmm. you planning to end well? And so that's it's really interesting actually. A p- p- Probably part of that is because it was straight after the one we did with Jim Bob Duggar. So people that listen to that one then listen to the Mm -hmm. next one. But, uh, you know, that is something that we all need to think about. What is it that we want to be remembered for? What is it that we want to become? And um, so if you haven't listened to number 35, Are You Planning on Ending Well? It's a good one to go back and listen to. Good, yeah.
2: Good. And our number one, our most popular one.
0: Yeah, addicted to porn, no more. So that was our very first episode on pornography with uh, with Luke Gibbons, and uh, we'll do a short clip from him in a minute. But uh, yeah, it's um, very insightful what he shared with us on that
2: episode. And interesting, out of the top five, two of them actually cover the area of porn. So that's kind of tricky too, isn't it? That indicating that that's just an area that a whole lot of men uh, recognise they've got a they've got to deal with. So yeah hopefully that both those programs can be really helpful for them
0: so a bit of nostalgia want to take us back to our very first episode so let's do that you're listening to real talk for real men episode number one
1: welcome to the real talk for real men podcast lifestyle advice for men so powerful you'll want to run your life on it and now your hosts guy mullen and chris field
0: Well, hello there, and welcome to the very first podcast of Real Talk for Real Men. I am Guy Mullen, one of your hosts for the series, and I also have with me another host, my co-host, and the better half of the two hosts for the series, Chris Field. Howdy, Chris.
2: (laughs) Hi, Guy. Hey, it's just a great uh, privilege to introduce ourselves to you as listeners, and we just pray that God would really speak to you. And encourage you.
0: So, Chris, that was our very first introduction to Real Talk for Real Men. I sounded like a robot there. Well, I
2: think we were just exploring, weren't we? We didn't know what we were doing, but well, I think we've settled in, and we've got more more comfortable with each other and the whole setup.
0: So. We have se- we have settled in, and in that first episode, we addressed the topic of why do this at all. So, let me just play a little bit more, which explains it.
2: Uh, A lot of the work that you get to do as men, as husbands and as fathers, where you'll get great success, it's not because you cartwheeled all your way downtown, it's just because you did something really, really simple, like listen, pay attention, care, um, uh, show that you're willing to be there for them, rather than be absent. Mm.
0: So you had six boys and one girl. Yeah. I've got seven girls. And you, two boys. You have my sympathies. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have mine. I think I'm better with girls than I am with my boys. But uh, So what is, it, what is it that your sons would say along those
2: lines which was most important? You know, it's interesting that you should say that because one day one of my boys, when he was a young adult, uh, said to me, he said, Dad, do you know what the two main signals were that you gave us through our growing up? And I I couldn't imagine what they would be. And I said, no, what? He said, well, they were, um, don't bother me and don't cost me money. <laughs> and as I reflected on that, I thought that was just so true. If I was doing something and one of the kids said, Dad, I'd say, what? And the tone of the voice was saying, you're interrupting me. Mm. There better be a good reason for this. Mm. And if they were bouncing a ball and it bounced off a window and didn't break it or whatever, but I'd be out there saying, what do you think you're doing? You know how much it's going to cost to reglaze that window? Mm. And so the signal that I was giving unconsciously, without even me realising it, was Mm. I don't want to be bothered and I don't want you to cost me money. Now, that really challenged me. And I had a break after my first five children before I had child six and seven. And I really took that to heart and decided that with the younger children growing up in my home... I did not want them to get either of those signals from me.
0: So Chris, that, that really sums up a lot to me in, in one area. When you you had, that, you had that thought, you had that realization, it took one of your sons to, to say something to you, but it, it, it instantly gave you a thought and changed your direction. And that is one of the things that deep down, I guess I've wanted to achieve through, this, through these podcasts, is for men to listen to get that aha moment, to see that blind spot that they've had and completely change the direction in some area of their life.
2: Well, let's hopefully that's happened because it is so true. Just one little thought, one aha moment, as you say, mm. uh, can completely open our eyes, turn us around and get us out of a hole heading up in the right direction. So yeah, I think you hopefully we're really achieving that. And so way.
0: that little aha moment completely changed the experience from mm-hmm. your later children from, from your older
2: ones. Yep. I did actually go to one of my my older boys at one time and sort of apologise. Dad, no need to apologize. We enjoyed you as dad. But, <laughs> but nonetheless, I could see my but weakness. We've
0: always got areas we can improve, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: So, Chris, I'm going to jump ahead to a few episodes here to number four. This was this was one where we interviewed the guy Phil Sherwood, the guy right. that I'd met in the yeah. in the USA on a conference that I'd been at. It was interesting when I was at that conference that Phil we well, opened up quite surprisingly about how he had, his wife had had, had had an affair and about what it had meant the struggle for him to to overcome that betrayal that he had gone through. And uh and so I want to sh- I want to share a short clip from from that episode.
3: It's just totally felt off. And so I uh, While she was gone, brought up her computer, her Facebook came up and I started looking at some of her direct messages and they happened to be to an old boyfriend from high school. And that's when I realized that something had gone down and all the blood drained from my face and my body and I felt like a ghost and, um, yeah, that that's what you call D-Day, the, the day that you find out that uh, your spouse has had an affair.
2: One of Guy's comments in the introduction was about how that some people that have been through this process uh, would testify that the relationship is actually much richer for it. Uh, it sounds in some senses like you're still talking about the process being still underway, but how would you comment on that thought?
3: Yes, the, I would say that the marriage is definitely better on the other side. It's because your communication gets much better, um, and when you've got communication, you build more inti- intimacy. You build more trust.
0: So, Chris, was a it was an incredible episode with Phil Sherwood. It was it was so hot. Heart- wrenching but it was also so powerful and I just really honor Phil for the way that he conducted himself through uh, not the podcast but the you know through the through the the whole challenge Mm, of his wife having an affair because his his wife had an affair with an ex-boyfriend from when they were growing up and then when he found out she still took a year or more to decide that she actually wanted to stay in the marriage with Phil. Phil decided quite quickly that he wanted to continue the marriage, but she, she wasn't sure. And so every time there was a breach of trust, it was like the knife being, being stuck back in there. And to hear Phil say that his marriage is now richer from going through that experience. It's really bittersweet, isn't it? Because it was such a heart-wrenching thing for him to share, but yet his marriage is at a a much better place than it ever would have been before.
2: The other thing that's impressive, I guess, too, is that just the the transparency, that he allowed people to look into that circumstance. Many a person who's going through those sort of difficulties would keep it an absolute secret, or if they talked about it at all, they'd be dumping blame on the other party, but he was just very honest, very even-handed, and uh, allowed us and our listeners to look right into a situation that most people would never get a chance to look into.
0: And so it gives, it gives us hope. So if any of you have been through or gone through or will go through a dark experience like that, whether it's an affair or, or something else, a death or so on, I think Phil's example is how you can come through the other side stronger and the, the healing power of God and how bringing things into the light and dealing with them and not in a prideful way, but really looking to get to the core of the issues really can help to to, to bring you out the other side. So mm. that was that was an episode that really struck me.
2: And it goes right back to this only episode number four. Many people may not have gone back and looked mm. at that. So if they haven't, we just encourage them to go back and, and and dip into that episode.
0: Then the another episode which meant a lot to me was uh, we were in the air, in the car traveling to the airport. Well, back from the airport, actually, when we had uh, picking Glenn Weeks up from the, uh, coming to the, Australia from the U.S. and uh, He Glenn, was that
2: ex-Army ranger guy. Yeah, yeah. so
0: Glenn, Glenn Weeks was the, at the time, he was the youngest commissioned officer in the U.S. Army, in the modern U.S. Army. He was 19 years of age. Uh, the record was broken three weeks later by some young, uh. younger guy than him. <laughs> but as um, so they we're, were looking for, for more and more men, I guess, for the Vietnam War he was uh, the youngest officer at the time uh, become a a uh, a ranger a special forces ranger mm-hmm. was uh, was injured three times i think spent time in japan recovering from his injuries he went through you know what most of us would consider unbearable uh, conditions in in the in the vietnam war and and carrying his commander out without any legs and things like that, mm. and seeing men around him disappear. And one of the things I remember him saying, I remember asking him, oh, "How many, how many men that you were with in the, in the in the army believed in God?" And he said, "When anybody in a trench when the when hell's breaking loose, everybody believes in God." <laughs> They're all
2: praying then, yeah.
0: But um, so I've got a clip from, uh-huh. from Glenn now that the audio quality isn't very good good because we were in the car. And uh, and actually, we've got the GPS. I think uh, going in over the, the background top of it as well. But, um, but anyway, we did the best we could.
2: A man is facing one of those situations where he feels like the wheels have fallen off. Uh, the sky above him is brass. The earth under the plow is just hard rock. Uh, he's really struggling. What would you be counselling a man in that
4: situation in terms of just how to best press through that valley and move on to the next stage? Well, basically two things. I ask him, you know, what is your prayer life like? I mean, do you have a consistent communication with the Lord? Generally, all of us go to places that are very dry and parched, and we feel like our prayers aren't getting through. But that's not abnormal. That's uh, a time of trying, and God's going to draw us closer to him. I'm going to ask him about his uh, daily devotion. Uh, does he have a, a set time? Does he have a, a routine where he gets alone with God? But the Bible says, stand still and know that I am God. Stand still and see the salvation of God. Uh, just to be quiet before God. Uh, you see, oftentimes we're looking for uh, the Lord just to wand over our life and make everything easy. Uh, But that's not the way it was in the Bible, and it's not reality today. Uh, We have to uh, place our faith in the record of God, the Word of God, not in our feelings.
0: So, So Glenn was was uh, not a guy for pulling punches you expect from an ex-Special Forces pretty soldier. straight shooter,
2: yeah.
0: Pretty pretty straight shooter, and so he, he laid it out and answered your question there as to you know, what is it that you should be looking into first if you're struggling and not getting any answers to life? One, what is your prayer life like? And two, are you consistently spending time with alone with God?
2: Mm, a good value, and obviously a man who practices, lives what he teaches, you know. Yeah. So great to have him on the program. Sorry that that was a bit of a noisy interview, but we just had to do what we we, we had to it make our, it work. It was our only opportunity. Yeah. And,
0: and when I was asked to pick him up from the airport, it was like, oh, wow, okay, let's do the podcast. So yeah. and he was very gracious to do it, even though he'd been on a long flight. So then another favorite of mine was uh, was Darren Lewis. Now I'd been involved with Darren Lewis through our joint association with, with uh, the Fatherhood Foundation here in Australia. Uh, which is a charitable organization. One of the things they do is they run Dads for Kids courses, a 12-week course helping helping men to be better dads. And uh, Darren Lewis, Lewis is involved in that, and, uh, and so am I. And, um, that, but the, what Darren Lewis does for a job, he runs Fathering Adventures. And it was great to have him on the show because he is day in, day out, working with, with dads and helping them to be better Fathers to their, their daughters and their sons, and helping those dads to um, to help their, their sons and daughters to make the transition into adulthood.
2: I so enjoyed having him on the program, and so impressed by what he does. I actually went off and took my youngest son to one of his fathering adventures after we did the interview. So yeah, I had...
0: didn't get any commission for that. So <laughs> have have <laughs> now,
2: let's have a listen to some of the stuff that he said. Okay. What are these different things that these dads weren't doing that they yeah. now know they have to do?
1: So, sure. Well, look, just I, I believe that the very first thing, the, the, probably the most important thing that, that a father needs to know, this is, this is essential. If he, know, if he knows nothing else, if he is nothing else, he needs to know that every child, every son, every daughter has a core question that 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 is that dwells deep within them that may never be verbalized but it but it, it sits there and it awaits being answered and that question is a really simple question and it's simply and directed towards dad it's dad do you love me do you delight in me am i the apple of your eye Am I your beloved son? Am I be your, or, or your beloved daughter? You know, it, it, that, so there's this question, and what an intentional father will do is intentionally set out to answer that core question, understanding, knowing that it's there, and then actually speaking into that, and and not just so speaking into it, but also um, by investing their time. Absolutely, something that you picked up on earlier, earlier before Chris was just it, 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 see one one of the things that I always teach my own kids um, and anybody that, that hangs around me for long enough is that there's um, that, that everything we do and everything we say um, sends a message. Mm-hmm. And, um, a, a, and so, you know, we, that's why it's so important to be intentional. So what, what, are we doing and what aren't we doing and what are we saying and what aren't we saying and and be sure to to speak into those places and to you know be a part be present and be engaged and be deliberate be intentional in the, in those spaces so, so sending that then, message yeah the so warning then message,
2: for a dad is if, if the dad just crashes in and says to the kid hey kid i love you you're a good kid hey thumbs up you're great yeah. But yep. they have to back that up then by their body language by the time they spend with the kid by the other signals other than what they say with their mouth
1: absolutely if, if if it's just if it's if all it is is just saying those words and I think dads are so much better in this generation than ever before of reminding their children that they're loved but if they're if they're just saying that and they're not backing that up by actually spending some time with them and and just you know um showing them in so many other ways of just how precious they really are, how, how they, every, every boy, every girl, every man, every woman needs to know that they are unconditionally loved, accepted, that they belong to a family, that they have a place within that family. And, and if they don't, and see one of the biggest mistakes that, that a lot of families make, I believe, and, and don't, don't get me wrong. This is a good thing, but, 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 Fathers, as as the leaders of their home, typically don't take it any further further than this. Is is they go away on family holidays and they think that that's it. That that's but but you see, it's the one on one time. It's where you actually say to a son or a daughter, "Hey, here's something that you and I are going to do, just the two of us."
0: So so, Chris Darren was profound, wasn't he? And you I know, think Susan. too,
2: yeah, because he's thought about it, because he's. Um, Helped a whole lot of other dads. He was able to explain what he was on about quite well and help really point to some key areas that uh, were really everyone, every father needs to stop and think about. I like the idea of intentional fathering instead of just it happens along the way, and it does make a big difference.
0: Yeah, he talks a lot about not being passive as well. Yeah, you know that we need to be we need to be active. So much as, as dads, sometimes we can be scared and we can be standoffish and just. Allow the woman to to run things, yeah. But you know, because there's been a pushback, I guess, in society that no longer do we have the the example of the the dad, the strong leader. That's something to be to be pushed back against. But it's more the the dad who's more like a grown up boy, and he's just got a, a kid along and, with the kids or something. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so Darren was really pushing back against that and saying no. Yeah. If you want to be to if you want to be the best dad you can be for your kids, if you really wanna help them to to get into adulthood, being well balanced, being able to recognize what they should be looking for in a in a husband or a wife, then you need to do do more than just be someone on the on the sidelines who provides a a paycheck.
2: Yeah. You know when you build build that relationship. Mm -hmm.
0: And he talks about that one on one time. And just really answering that core question: Who am I? And do you love me? Do you accept me for who mm. I am?
2: And I guess for some dads, it's it's really hard if the child has become rebellious or really hard to communicate with. But even so, if I understand what what Darren is saying, they're still looking for dad to be able to affirm them. So very important stuff. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we just about at the end of uh this episode but there's just a couple more that we're going to do before we come more clips we're going to do before we finish and one of those is from our interview with uh, jim bob Duggar.
5: oh great could even touch her and and we couldn't even hold her though for yeah for several months and uh, But yet God got us through that. We pulled together as a family and all these ups and downs as a family really have just pulled together and God's gotten us through. And we praise him and thank him for that. You mentioned about one of the most important things being really keeping
2: an eye on, monitoring the heart of the child. I wouldn't be surprised if the average Western dad hadn't even crossed their mind to even think about that
5: so how what does that even mean yeah how do you do that yeah in practical terms yes I think it's important for us as dads first off to do an evaluation on our own life and to ask ourselves you know what things in our life do we need to change what things do we need to leave out of our life Uh, are the things we need to confess and get right with God first and uh and so, that's that's the first stop, and then ask ourselves too: Have we had uh, an anger problem? Because most dads do, and that's something I think almost every dad struggles with. That and I remember one time I, uh, just an example, I walked into the garage and there was my two oldest boys spray painting the floor. <laughs> we just got some cans off the shelf and just going just having a big time spray paint the floor. What age were they then? And, talking about? I don't know, they probably were maybe seven and okay. nine or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, and so I blew up and, and got upset and uh and and I realized after I did that that you know what, my relationship with my sons is more important than even that garage floor or yeah. whatever. And so I had to go back and apologize and in different times, uh, during that, during that time frame, I would, I would stay calm most of the time, but once in a while I would blow up and we went to a homeschool conference uh, one year and a father was talking about, uh, how he had had an anger problem and he had said that uh, his little daughter came up to him one day and said, uh, daddy, would you, would you please pray about your anger problem? And he said it just smote him. It just yeah. it just melted his heart. And he just realized it was evident to his whole family. And he knew he it was, it was damaging his relationship with his wife and his children. And so he said he went and, first off, asked God to forgive him. And then he asked God to help him. And then he went back to his family and asked them to forgive him. But then he went another step farther that I think a lot of us tend to not do. He asked his family to help hold him accountable, mm-hmm. and he said, "He said, children, if y'all see me uh, raising my voice, talking with harsh words, or, or just you know, kind of an angry spirit, he said, I'm gonna give you permission to come up to me and to put your hand on my arm and say, hey, Daddy, I think you're kind of getting angry.' And uh, and so I gave that permission to my children to do that, and you know, several times after that." they'd come up and say, hey, Dad, I think you're kind of getting angry. And I'd say, no, I'm not. I'm just frustrated or I'm just, you know, <laughs> I try to make an excuse. And I'd say, no, you're right. You know, I'm sorry, uh, guys. I'm sorry. I was, I was, I didn't handle that situation right.
0: So, Chris, there you hear, hear some of the graciousness of, and the humility of, uh, of Jim Bob. Yeah. It's hard to imagine him ever having a, having an anger problem, but um, he addresses that topic so well.
2: And that fits in with the other things we've talked about from uh, Darren Lewis and others—just issues about our heart and about our relationship with our kids—and uh, just such encouraging stuff from Jim Bob. Real wisdom. I really value that.
0: Real wisdom, I and mean, you could see just how important his kids were to him. And mm. the—and
2: now, some of you, our viewers, may not know how many kids did he have when we interviewed him. What's the? If you remember the number. of
0: Well, I think he had twenty. Twenty was that
2: okay? so. So when you say he. Uh, he treats the kids as important. He treats all twenty of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, and so you can see that he's prepared to to humble himself before his kids, before his family, if it is in the interests of uh, really helping his kids and helping his mm. his family.
2: A great role model for all of us.
0: And you know, and as a family, they're also an example of of how to get through difficult situations you know and the uh, the example that he talked to us about in that episode if you go back and listen to it was the one with his his daughter josie i think it, i think it was she was extremely prim um i don't know what, what it was 27 or something weeks mm. and they couldn't but touch the baby for ages she couldn't that, touch yeah. they couldn't touch her for 40 days mm. and it was weeks and weeks and weeks that she was in the hospital and just a, a miracle that she survived but um and they've been through, you know, those of you who know them online, they've been through other big struggles as a family, but they haven't allowed those struggles to divide them as a family. Mm. They've used them to to bring them bring them together mm. as a family, and a really good example. If you, you're going through hard times as a family, as we all do at some point.
2: Well, that's episode thirty-four. If anyone missed that, we just encourage you to have a look at that. That'll be a listen in. That's a good a good uh, program indeed.
0: And the last one we're going to finish with. Today is uh, just a snippet from our most popular episode, which was released in August two thousand and eighteen. So number forty three, addicted to porn, no more.
6: It's Luke Gibbons. For me, he had a plan for me and a purpose for me, but, but... I wasn't able to realise that. I was I was really struggling uh, in, in my personal life, and nobody knew about it until I opened up to my friends.
2: So did you feel like it was stronger than your will?
6: Yeah, I think so. Like, I think part of, part of it was that I, my will was split in two different ways. Like, part of my will still wanted to go back to the pornography. And I went to, as I mentioned before, I went to rehab to break free from pornography. And, and something that the counselor said in that rehab, even though he wasn't a Christian, he said to me, Luke, you've got two gods that you're trying to serve. You've got the god of sex, and then the, you've got the other god that you want to serve. You have to decide which one is going to be your god and i thought that was really powerful to hear that from someone who didn't really even have um, a, a christian faith but it hit me really hard and it was something god used to really speak into my heart
2: so chris what struck you about luke's story well once again we've got a guy who's being really honest uh and very transparent and i think what was beautiful about that was because he could just be so um, clear and transparent about the journey he was having, it helps us really look through the window and maybe see where we are in the same trajectory or to see how how those same imp- influences are impacting us. So I think that I, I can understand why it's so popular, because really, uh, he was so very genuine and his perspective, his his ability to explain the journey and how to get through it was really wonderful.
0: Mm. Yeah. And what was, what struck me about it, I guess, is that Luke tried so many things to try and overcome his, his porn addiction, but it just kept getting worse. And he was spending all day. He was missing parties. He was missing friends' birthday. He was uh, up late at night and turning up to
2: work. He really was addicted in the fullest sense of that word. He man.
0: he was, and you know, and obviously there's a there's a continuum. So some of the people who would be listening to that episode, are, well, I'm not there. I'm just you know doing it every now and then or whatever. And of course, with Luke, it started somewhere. Yeah, but. It's the same road, and you're somewhere along that road. If you keep heading on that road, you're going to get further along to mm-hmm. a destination that take take you to a place you don't want to go. And one of the things he said, I don't know if I'll get this quote exactly right. He said it's something like it'll it'll hold you longer than you want it to hold and take you further than you want it to go. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's what it that's what it was. And it wasn't until he talked to some friends and brought it out into the to the open that he was actually able to start getting a, finding a solution.
2: And you've been saying on these programs right from the very beginning the importance of having people that you can be open with, that you can get to support you. And we've seen that uh, evidenced in a number of the different people we've talked to who've had serious issues, that that's been a big, big part of their journey.
0: Mm. Mm. Well, that's... Uh first 50 episodes yeah, Chris wow.
2: what's the next 50 going to hold for us I
0: well mean? I don't know but we've got a, a really exciting one coming up next week we're going to have our first female
2: oh one. wow yeah Real okay. Talk for Real Men next next time up so breaking all the bounds man we're, well we're, we're starting off our next
0: 50 a little bit differently to our last but um, it's been fun and I'm so glad that you agreed to, to do these with us what? and I'm sure that our listeners have been as well
2: we're really thrilled to be able to do it and it, it's just amazing it encourages us and I think the fact that we can make it as a helpful tool for others is is the part that really is gratifying as well.
0: There's so many great episodes that we haven't talked about today. There was...
2: Uh, uh, You've come up with a whole bunch of different things. Well, there's, I've there's, there's in many that we've just done as by as well. ourselves. Yeah.
0: We've talked through your, your book, Manhood Horizons. Yeah. We yeah. did a couple of episodes on that. Uh, we did Professor um, uh, Slayton, uh, US ambassador, an early investor in Google and um, the... The author of uh, a fatherhood, a fatherhood book, mm-hmm. and how to father. You know that's a great episode to go back to listen to. Another man who has a tremendous amount of wisdom. So encourage you to all go back and and select some of those episodes. You know if you got some holidays, you got some weekends, you got some evenings, if you're not doing too much. Uh, put one of them on and um, and listen. And also tell your friends and suggest that they subscribe. It's the best way to listen to subscribe to the episodes. It helps us and uh and it uh, will also help you and your friends as well so
2: and everybody thank you for the privilege of being able to encourage you we Mm. trust you really are encouraged
0: thank you for putting your your trust in us and listening to what we have to say
2: now we're going to get on with the next 50.
0: we are (laughs) and as always we would love to hear from more of you we don't hear from many of you as to what it is you want us to cover now you can do that in a number of different ways so let us know so that Chris and I can go and seek out and find the, the right people to address the questions that you have, what you want us to talk about on Real Talk for Real Men.
2: And if you are a praying people, just keep praying for us too. We appreciate oh, being spiritually so. supported as well, so thank That's you. That's very much so. Mm. That's a good point.
0: All right, don't forget to come over to realmen247.org and we will see you next time for episode number 51.
2: In episode number 51, things are going to move on. See you then. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.